educate yourself. Find a mentor, somebody who's done it, especially nowadays. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes a free service, here comes a free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714, I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you've got 500 units or even a handful of units. Go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. MyLandlordHelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Joe Holmes, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. And you? I'm doing great as well. I'm looking forward to our conversation because our best ever guest, Joe Holmes, has 40 years of experience in real estate. He is focused on fix and flips. He's based in Orange County, California, and his company is H&M Real Estate Services. You can say hi to him at his website, which is his name. Really easy to remember. Joe Holmes, H-O-M-S dot com, J-O-E-H-O-M-S dot com. It's also on the show notes page. With that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Like you said, I've been investing in real estate for 40 years. I purchased my first home when I was 21 years old. Really haven't looked back since. Basically done, you name it, I've done it. No money down, fix and flips, which is what I focus on now. I buy at the courthouse steps. I work through wholesalers. I go through the MLS. I'm a licensed real estate agent. I pretty much do everything, property management, you name it, I do it. I've done it over the last 40 years. You've been doing it for 40 years. Where have you gravitated your business towards based on what you've learned over those 40 years? A particular product or market, is that what you're asking? However you want to interpret that. (laughs) Okay. Everything I do is here in Orange County, California. It's very expensive. I do buy and holds, but I don't do buy and holds now. I did buy and holds when we had the most uh, recent downturn, which is 
my God, 10 years ago now. Perfect example, bought 10 condos in a local city here, San Juan Capistrano, all two bedroom, one bath units, paid 100000 for each of them. I'm in the process of getting rid of them now, starting to sell them because California is very cyclical in that every 10 years we seem to have this massive bust in real estate prices. If I was 22, like I was starting out, which is what I did, I bought several condos back when I was in my 20s and 30s, held on to them. I still own quite a few of those. Those are really my bread and butter at this point as far as cash flow goes. But 10 years ago, with the recent downturn, I'm going to be 62 here pretty soon, and I don't really want to ride the wave back down because, like most people know, Everybody should know you can't take it with you. So it's time for me to start selling some of those profits that I've made. I am doing some exchanges on some of them into single family because I think that's going to be our next big wave. People just like me, the baby boomers, are going to start downsizing. And that's why I'm looking at single family residences, one stories. The 10 condos that you bought that are two bedroom, one bath for 100000 each, so a million dollars all in, you're selling them off now one by one. How much are you selling them for? 300000 right before the downturn. This is the crazy part. I've been through three of these downturns already. The last one was the craziest. Right before the downturn, these two bedroom, one bath condos were selling for 400000 they're back up to 300,000. I would say by the end of the year they're going to probably be about 325. But again, I don't want to roll the dice in that something may happen here in the future. Not that I'm predicting that. My crystal ball says we're doing good as long as the job market is the way it is. Interest rates are pretty low. The banks aren't getting out of control with what I used to call warm body loans. If you had a warm body, they gave you a loan. Now it's the opposite. They want your firstborn, your right arm, your leg, everything else before they give you a loan. So I think we're good in that front. It's mostly for me, it's mostly um, for my age and then I'm getting older. I just don't want to have to deal with a lot of this stuff as I'm getting into my 70s. Knowing that you've got 40 plus years of experience, what's something that when you hear someone who's just getting started say about either how they're approaching investing or how they're running the numbers or how they're picking markets, anything. What's something we're like, oh man, what are you thinking? Don't do that. That's ridiculous. I'd say to everybody out there, you have to do your homework. And if you call me and you ask me about Orange County, California, I can tell you anything and everything that has to do with Orange County, California. I can't tell you what's going on in Ohio. I can't tell you what's going on in New York. I do meet probably two to three new investors a week through one of my other channels that I use, which is biggerpocket.com. And what I hear from them is how do I get started? What do I need to do? I don't have any money. I live here in Orange County. I would say meet up with people like me, get as much experience as you can, start to learn the real estate process. There's just not one thing you can do in real estate. There's a multitude of things you can do. So really kind of educate yourself as to what's going on with real estate. What I hear that kind of drives me crazy, 
And I don't know if this is working back east or in the Midwest or where, but buy multifamily, move into one, and then go from there. Well, if you're here in California, you just can't do that, honestly. In Orange County, to live in one of these fourplexes, multifamily units, that's going to be in a decent area, you're going to pay probably $1.2 to $1.5 million. <laughs> but when you get up to that price range right now, the numbers just do not work. But I do hear that quite often, and it's kind of like, okay, talking to somebody that has no clue at this point. Well, they don't live in Orange County, because that does work in more cities than it doesn't work. I think Orange County, New York City, Miami, cities like that are kind of an anomaly. But it does work in most, but yeah, I, <laughs> 1.2 million just getting, start, just getting started, that's a lot of piggy banks that you're going to have to raid in order to come up with the down payment on your first investment property. Absolutely. <laughs> so what's one area of real estate that you have found very profitable, either a lead generation or a tactic that you have continually done over the years? lead generation or tactic, I buy maybe four or five properties off the MLS a year. And what I focus on on the MLS are a couple of things. One, inexperienced agents that have no clue and price the home too low. I love probate sales because people, they don't want to go in and fix mother's or grandmother's house or whatever they're selling. They want the money as quick as possible. And, and I'm able to afford to buy them out cash. So I focus on really those two things. With real estate agents as well, I will go to a listing agent directly, even though I am a licensed agent here in California. I'm looking for deals. That, that's probably the most difficult thing to find right now here in California is an actual deal that actually works and you make a profit on. So I have no problems going to listing agents. So for example, last weekend, went to a probate open house come see it. You got a two hour window. There were literally a hundred people there. You got to work through all that fog. So I went to the listing agent directly. I told him who I was. I'm an investor. I'll buy the home for cash. Tell me at the end of the day, what all your offers are. I'll go a thousand dollars over that and I'll let you represent me. So that gives me the ability of kind of going to the agent's read side in that he's going to get a dual commission on that deal. So he'll tell me what the highest offer is. I'll go over a thousand and represent me and I'll end up getting the property that way. I do that quite often. And then, like I said, other agents that are not as experienced go in and whatever. I had one agent that pissed off a tenant. A tenant would let them show the property. I don't even care if I see the property sometimes because I do buy at the courthouse steps and I'd say 90% of the time I don't even see the property there. But this agent pissed off the tenant. Uh, finally, the price came down to where it came up on one of my searches. I called the agent. We went over there, looked at it. I gave him a price. I accepted the offer. Once we got in, it was more than what I had thought for repairs. So we lowered the value by 25000 and they accepted the offer. So I ended up getting a commission on that deal. So it works both ways. I just pick on uh, inexperienced agents that are new on the market and don't really know a lot of what they're doing with real estate. And I also work with wholesalers as well who put properties under contract and then sell them to people like me who have cash. This is going to be an ignorant question, but I didn't know that agents were allowed to 
tell the potential buyers what the highest price was. I guess I just assumed that was always done in secret. No, you know what? It, it's kind of like another one of those misnomers because I the other thing I hear about California is that we're really not a landlord-friendly state. And that's not true. When I buy properties at the courthouse steps, you have to evict somebody. I can get them out within 30, 45 days. That's not a problem. If they end up fighting it, if they've been through the system before, it will take me a little bit longer, but that's kind of not true. Back to the topic about price, there are a lot of agents that will not divulge what the price is, but let's look at it from the seller's point of view, okay? This is your home, yep. and you have an agent, and somebody like me comes, and what is your goal? Your goal is to get the highest price. What am I offering? I'm offering to give you the highest price plus $1,000. Isn't that higher? <laughs> yes, and you've said that before to the agent, I'm sure, who says, no, I won't tell you. And what do they usually say? It depends on what they've been told by their office manager, what they were trained. I've actually called our attorney hotline because all agents here in California can call an attorney at any time and get a legal opinion. And I've called them before and they say, no, there's no law. There's no code of ethics or anything that precludes anybody from giving you what the highest price is. So if they're going to do the best they can for their seller, then they should tell you. They should say, here, this is where we're at. And I know there's some websites out there because I look at them. I, I don't buy foreclosures on the websites because that'll be another hour conversation about my opinion on that. But there's many websites out there that will actually tell you what the price is and you can go up from there. So they're telling you what the highest price is. Right. That's something that was right in front of my face the entire time, but I never actually thought about just taking that approach where you go to the seller's agent and you say, if you like the opportunity, and you say, I'll pay $1,000 more and I'll let you represent me. What happens if they just make up an offer? Well, they can. We're all human, you know, and the best thing that I do is I work my numbers. As far as flipping goes, is a total numbers game. That's all it is. I can buy a house in the worst neighborhood and the price is going to reflect accordingly. I can buy a condominium in a bad neighborhood. I may not put in the best type of flooring. I may pay $2 a square foot for laminate. Whereas if I'm flipping in a $800,000, $900,000 neighborhood, I'm probably spending anywhere between $10 and $12 per square foot for the laminate, and that's usually glued down. So it's really all a numbers game. To me, it's just numbers. That's all it is. And I'm sure there's been a scenario where that agent has come back to you and said, oh, it's such and such price, and that price happens to be more than what they were asking. And if the numbers don't work for you, even though you already said, hey, I'll buy it plus a 1000 what do you tell them? Just I'm not going to buy it? Understand that he's calling me back. He's telling me what his highest offer is. Uh -huh. So I haven't heard it yet. So when he calls back and says, okay, well, Joe, this is our highest offer. You said you'd pay that plus the thousand. I work my numbers. And if it doesn't work out, then I tell him, you know, sorry, have a nice day. Sell it to whomever wants to pay you that price because I can't buy it from you at that price. 
but at least I know I've cut out all the 10 or 15 agents that have submitted offers that have no clue where their offer is at. Have they at ever, least I know. Have they ever come back to you after you said, no, it doesn't work, and then later they're like, oh, well, actually, how about this price? Oh, yeah, I have that happen all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I figure yeah. they're probably making, well, I don't want to think that they are not being forthcoming with you, but I would imagine they would try and get more than what the potential, what any offer they actually got, and then you say no, and then maybe they go down a little bit, even though both offers perhaps aren't even real. That's absolutely correct. And honestly, I don't blame them if they do that. Again, this is a numbers game for me. So if you come back an offer that fits in my numbers that I know at the end of the day I can make a profit, I'll say yes. I may be paying a little bit more because he boosted up the number a little bit. I would never know that. But again, it's just a numbers game for me at that point. And yeah, that can happen. What's been your least favorite deal? Uh, Good question. My least favorite deal. I learned a lot. I had an investor who decided that he wanted to invest in flipping a property with me. He was a cabinet maker, very good friend of mine, still is a very good friend of mine. In fact, we still have five buying holds together under an LLC that we formed. But this was one of those things that after 40 years you learn, make sure you have everything in writing, be careful working with family and friends, make sure everybody knows what they're doing on the deal. All those mistakes I made. He was a cabinet maker. He said he can make the cabinets for the kitchen. We bought the home. It was hard money financing, so it was very expensive every month to pay that loan. It took him four months to do the cabinets in the kitchen. We were headed towards a downturn. Of course, he thought he knew better than me. We priced the home too high. I listened to him. I shouldn't have. And so we were on the market for probably eight months before I finally said, enough is enough. I dropped the price low enough, and we ended up selling. And that's the only property that I ever lost money on here in California. And that was because I just should have taken control early on, but he was a very, very good friend of mine. Again, he still is. But that was a big lesson that I learned. You said that's the only property you lost money on in California. Are there examples outside of California that you've lost money on? No. I'm a California Orange County investor. The only time I invested out of state, I did that once. Same guy. He went to Vegas and that was about 20 years ago. And the thing to do back then was to buy brand new homes by builders first phase in a multi-phase community. We bought a single family in Vegas in January we paid 125 for it. By the time it was finished and built, it had about four or five phases. We closed escrow in September, and we ended up selling it two weeks later for 175 But everybody was doing that back then. Everybody was doing it. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? I'd have to say educate yourself. Find a mentor, somebody who's done it, especially nowadays. Here we are. I, I mean, I have no idea where you're at. Obviously, you know, I'm in California. Here we are talking over the internet. Understand my process over 40 years, no phone, no internet, nothing really to talk to anybody about. I go to meetups now. I do a lot of networking. That's what I would say. Just network with people, educate yourself, especially if you don't have any money right now. 
Um, and that's why I tell people in California, just wait for the next downturn because it'll happen again. And once it happens, you need to be educated enough that you're going to move in at the right point in time, do your buy and holds, and then hold on to them. And then once they get to a point where they're not cash flowing, you can buy them anymore in cash flow, then you can start flipping properties. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Tired of the noise in the real estate investing space but still want to light your business on fire? Real Estate Deal Talk is an original source of radio shows, podcasts, case studies, and articles devoted to real estate investing. For investors, by investors. Discover more at realestatedealtalk.com. That's realestatedealtalk.com. What's the best ever book you've read? A book by Anita Van Caspel. It was called Money Dynamics. I read that in my early 20s. It changed my life. I don't think it's still out in print. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. But basically, there are several sections in there. She talked about stock market. She talked about different things. And she talked about real estate. And what she suggested in real estate is that you buy a home every year, one home at the very minimum for 10 years. And by the time you get ready to retire, you will live comfortably. I'm a perfect example, and I took her advice. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal about two years ago, teaching my son-in-law the business teaching him from the ground up like I learned, which means that we are actually there swinging a hammer. My father taught me the business, so I'm very talented, and I can do probably 85 to 90% of a rehab. So I didn't want to just give him my money and say, go out and start flipping. I wanted to teach him from the beginning. So first project we did together, we ended up making $80,000 he was working at the time. He took some time off to do the rehab. He was making about forty-five, fifty thousand, which is not really anything here in California. He soon quit after that and just started doing uh, flipping with me full time. What's a mistake that you've made on a transaction that you can think of? Other than the one I mentioned, I think that's probably the biggest mistake. And the mistake was listening to somebody less experienced. And I listened because he was an investor and a good friend. He put half the money and he was putting half the time in the rehab as well. We were, I was still doing the hammer type uh, rehab at that point in time. Right now, we actually hire contractors to do it for us. But I think that I look back on that and not having control of the entire transaction from A to Z was a big mistake. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I actually do that all the time. I mentioned bigger pockets. I connect with people on bigger pockets. And I like to get the young people before they get caught up in this guru atmosphere that we're in, in that come pay me forty, fifty thousand dollars 
and I'll show you how to flip properties. There's several gurus. I don't want to mention any names, but there's several gurus out there. And I just try to get young people and stop them from doing that because, like I tell them, you know, I can give you anything that you want. You just need to ask. I have an office. I meet with the wholesalers every Saturday here. I train people how to wholesale. I'm training several people how to flip here in Orange County, the proper use of hard money, things like that. So I do that every day. I do that all the time. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? Best way, you can uh, go on my website. has all the information there. Or you can go on Bigger Pockets and connect through Bigger Pockets. Like I said, my website has all my information on it, address, phone numbers, emails, everything's on there. So somebody wants to get a hold of me, that, that's probably the best way to do it. And the link to your website, joehoms.com, will be in the show notes page. So best ever listeners, you can just click on that and go check it out. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for giving a lot of practical tips from the lessons you've learned over the last 40 years investing on the acquisition front where you have the conversation with the seller's representative and say, hey, I'm going to pay $1,000 more than the highest price that is offered, plus I'll let you represent me. And then also the lessons learned on your least favorite deal where it was listening to someone who is less experienced than you and not having control of the opportunity. And then also being careful now with family and friends partnerships as well as making sure that you have everything in writing so thanks for being on the show hope you have a best ever day really appreciate our conversation and we'll talk to you soon thank you very much for having me i appreciate it tired of the noise in the real estate investing space but still want to light your business on fire real estate deal talk is an original source of radio shows podcasts case studies and articles devoted to real estate investing for investors by investors Discover more at realestatedealtalk.com. That's realestatedealtalk.com.